Feast of Worship, your source for commentary and discussion on worship, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Welcome to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. It is great to be here today uh, discussing matters and issues related to worship, theology, and culture. And today I am um, taking a bit of a break from uh, worship and theology and discussing discussing a cultural topic. And uh, rightfully so, I am going to discuss um, the response or my personal response to the COVID-19 virus, also known as the coronavirus Um, And so this is something that I think is very relevant to this time, which is why I wanted to discuss it. And uh, there are a variety of opinions on this. I have seen this over the past few weeks. In fact, people getting downright angry and upset, and I believe wrongfully. I mean, people have the right to their opinions. And so uh, I would advise you during this time, if your opinion is different than someone else's, just go on, stay in your lane. Go on about your life, okay? Do not try to convince them. Uh, your opinion might be wrong, in fact. So just just you know, show the love and the respect and the dignity of Jesus Christ in this situation. So COVID-19 has swept the world by storm and for many, by surprise. And um, so to hold the perspective from a biblical worldview, believers really have to have a responsibility in every situation. And that doesn't mean that there is only one correct opinion or even that everyone should have the same response, but it does mean that the church should think about cultural issues in the framework of the gospel. And so the purpose of this message today is to present both a personal and what I believe to be gospel-centered response to the COVID-19 situation. So how are we to react to the situation? What are we to do? Should we worry or fear? These are questions that I hope to answer in this message, in this podcast. And furthermore, I also hope to be a conduit of peace rather than one of worry. So as a disclaimer... What I'm going to present here today is a matter of opinion, so don't judge it as fact. (laughs) Don't take it as fact. There are lots of facts on the COVID-19 virus, uh, but I have learned also in the recent week or two that there are lots of numbers, statistical data presented as fact that are skewed in some way and therefore not fact. I've seen that quite a bit, and it's amazing how people can take real numbers and then skew them to fit their opinion. And it's happening by professionals, health professionals. And I have seen so many disparate numbers in uh, regarding the COVID-19 virus there, you know, one source says this and another says this, and these are legit health professionals doing legit research. And yet their, their facts are completely different. This, okay. So this, that ought to tell you something about this situation and uh, about Um, the response to it and how we as Christians should handle it. And so my hope in this is to maybe uh, clear the air in a lot of ways, but also to um, uh, tell what my personal advice is. So number one, don't worry. That's my first piece of advice. Don't worry. It's astonishing to me, the Christians who worry about anything in general, not just COVID-19, and don't see a problem with it. 
I would say worry is one of the least considered sins in the Bible. Numerous times in Scripture, believers are told not to worry. It's a command. Jesus himself said it, and therefore it is a sin to worry. So, you know, it. a lot of people think that a sin is just, you know, they think of the Ten Commandments. Don't lie. Don't steal. I mean, these are, these are obvious. But they don't consider these other things that are said throughout Scripture, such as worry. It is wrong. It is sin to worry. And even that statement shocks some people. Because it's not thought of as sin. But Jesus himself, when he commands his people not to worry and even not to fear, it should be assumed that to do the opposite is disobedience and therefore sin. Okay, so it's a sin to worry. It is a sin to fear. Hear me on this. If you are afraid of anything at any point in your life, it is a sin, period. Fear is wrong because the only one that Christians are told to fear in the Bible is God himself. And that's because that's because God is the only one, the only being worthy of fear. And to fear anything else is to falsely place that person or that object higher than God in both worth and power. And so therefore, even during COVID-19, Christians should not fear either the virus or the results. God's people persevere and we win the battle ultimately. And so the church is assured of this. So we shouldn't fear. There are many stories of of stores running out of supplies, and this has circulated the web consistently over the past couple of weeks, and that will likely continue because people tend to act irrationally during a crisis. But remaining calm is seemingly contagious. How many of you have run across someone or at some point in your life observed someone who was calm during a situation that you're thinking I would be a mess right now if I was going through this. I know I've seen this, some of my mentors in the past, I've seen them remain calm through through situations that I thought, how in the world are you, are you handling this? But it's contagious because you want to be like that person. And so imagine if the church was seen to be the calmest group of people on the planet during a time like this. Perhaps a dying world would look to the people of God and therefore to God himself for answers instead of human-made devices. So first, the church's response to COVID-19 should be calm rather than worry. Believers should take to heart and allow it to impact the way they live their lives, the command not to fear and not to worry. And this means not only claiming a lack of worry, but truly revealing it in action. Okay, there's a lot of Christians that claim not to worry because deep down I think they know it's wrong, but the opposite is revealed in the way they live their lives. And so during this time, don't worry because it's a sin and don't worry because the church of God is a light in a dark world. So my second piece of advice here is Don't trust the government or the so-called experts and their opinions. They're equally as flawed as anyone else's. Okay, personally, I have heard numerous doctors' opinions on the matter of COVID-19 over the past couple of weeks, and many of them contrasting one another. I hear one doctor's interview on the television or on the radio, and it's completely opposite of what I just heard from another doctor. And so the government offers the same kind of discrepancies. On a personal note, I firmly believe that governments do not look out for the good of their people as much as they may claim to do so. Many have called me a conspiracy theorist, (laughs) and that's fine. I am, for good reason. Uh, 
I don't think this is a conspiracy. Okay, hear me out on that. I'm not. I don't think COVID nineteen is a conspiracy. Uh, but I do believe, and no one should be surprised if much of what is being portrayed is false. Media outlets, likewise, are linked strongly to government corruption, and so it is nearly impossible to rely on to rely on truthful information from the government or media outlets. But this is commonly the most visible information given to society on TV and on the radio. And so consider the conflicting reports that have surfaced since the outbreak of COVID-19. It's not serious. It is serious. It's not serious again. Oh, it's incredibly serious. It goes back and forth. And you see this just on just about everything. Take the example of coffee. It seems like year after year, coffee is bad for you. Coffee is good for you. Same thing with eggs. Eggs are bad. Eggs are good. I mean, it goes on and on. Marijuana, you name the issue. I believe that there is a middle ground that is rarely mentioned. And COVID-19 is serious in that it is highly contagious. Uh, numerical reports on cases and deaths, however, are vastly different from what is being showed. So, so, so the virus, the virus's mortality rate is likely not as high as being portrayed. Think about the issue uh, on a related note of climate change or what used to be called global warming. What most governments around the world want people to believe is its serious impact and that that it is caused by humans. I'm not saying we shouldn't take care of the earth. We should. But there are legitimate scientists that are often referenced in this argument. But there are also many legitimate scientists and climatologists who boldly confess that climate change is not real and that it is certainly not caused by humans. But these these scientists are rarely mentioned by governments or media outlets. In fact, some of the search engines you have, such as Google, make it difficult to find them, but they are there. In fact, the message often seems to be that climate change is 100% proven. It's a fact when that statement itself is a complete lie. So why would a similar lie not occur with COVID-19? And someone may ask why the government or the media outlets would lie about COVID-19. Why in the world would they do that? I mean, what advantage would they have? And, and there could be many reasons, such as government control, financial collapse, elections. We have an election coming up this year. You name it. There could be many reasons. We can only speculate at best, so I'm not going to do that here, okay? I'm not going to get into that. But there could be many. All of this is to say that trusting the government and the media outlets really would be a large mistake right now, as it usually is with just about anything. Human nature is to seek power by any means necessary. And that is exactly what governments around the globe throughout history have done and will continue to do, including the United States government. Okay, enough of that. My third piece of advice, exercise common sense. It's often said, and you've heard this probably, that common sense is not so common anymore. Although I would argue that it really has never been common. Common sense infers a logical progression to making decisions. In other words, the decisions made are sensible and don't harm yourself or others. And certainly I would argue that with the high rate of contagion given to COVID-19, self-quarantine is a good and sensible decision. I don't believe yet 
that it should be government mandated. That could change. I don't believe that it should be government mandated. In fact, I would say that any action, uh, that, that this type of action of government mandated quarantine would be blatantly unconstitutional. And many would argue that it's for society's best interest, so it's okay to be unconstitutional in a time like this. This happened a lot after 9-11, and we are still stuck with the consequences today. People think that, oh, this is for our freedom, this is for our good, I'm willing to give up some of my rights and some of my freedoms. I once heard someone say that every law created is a freedom lost, and it absolutely is. You can think about that a little more. I am not saying that we don't need rules, we don't need laws, we do, they're biblical, but it is 100% truth. Every law created is a freedom lost. There is a middle ground where we have to be and we are not there. We lean towards our freedoms being taken away. And often in a situation like this, when the situation is extreme and people are willing to give up their rights. But a free people should not abandon God-given rights for any reason, no matter how extreme the situation. Because once those rights are taken, it's incredi- incredibly difficult to recover them. Common sense right now would be to self-quarantine and heed the, the, the prevailing warning, warnings, especially if it doesn't hurt you personally. I work a job right now that is slammed with work. I, you know, it's, so, so it's necessary for society to continue. So my common sense is to continue meeting the needs of people in a time like this. But others, for others, they can work from home. And it's highly unlikely that anything significant will happen to someone should they contract the virus, especially if they are healthy. But there is no shame in being on the safe side and distancing oneself socially. So how is this reconciled with a lack of trust in the government and media outlets? Because that's what they're saying to do right now is to self-quarantine, to be, be cautious. The message presenting, presented right now by the media and the government is social distancing. So the answer to that question, how is this reconciled with not trusting the government? It's simple. If we're going to err, it's better to err on the side of caution if it does not impact your rights and well-being. And so I certainly believe we will look back on this and realize how ridiculously overboard we went in completely wrecking society and the economy. My opinion could change. I don't, however, think it will. Still... We should be as cautious as possible to say that we did everything we could do. Common sense says this, so we should do it. And uh, it would probably be better to look back and say, yeah, we went overboard than to say uh, we didn't do enough. And so uh, go ahead and exercise common sense and caution in this. And so my final thought on this in response to the COVID-19 virus is to use this time to glorify God and show a hopeless world that purpose above all else. And the purpose I'm talking about is God's glory. A lot of churches are canceling face-to-face corporate worship gatherings, which is understandable. I'm mixed on those decisions, but I lean toward it being correct right now, although I would certainly not fault a church that decided to continue meeting. Many Christians criticize those that continue meeting as that continuing. Uh, that, so they criticize the churches that continue to meet and those that continue meeting criticize those that do not. So it's a back and forth game, a tennis match. So let us not get caught up in the trap of blaming each other and being unnecessarily critical during this time. If God's people want to meet, let them meet. 
It would not be the first time in history that churches met during a pandemic, okay? Most of them far, far worse than this one. In fact, what continuing to meet reveals to the world is that a local local church places the highest priority on worshiping God together. Weekly corporate worship gatherings have been the norm since the early church, And people can say, but the Bible says to obey the laws of the land. Certainly it does, but there are times where you make righteous decisions to defy those orders. And that has happened throughout history. I'm not saying this is a time to do that, but it certainly could be, and I would not rule it out. While God is not constrained to buildings, okay, that's another argument. God is not constrained to a building. Uh, Most of the people saying that are probably not, many of them I have seen at least, are not solid believers themselves. But while God isn't constrained to, to buildings, worship is the single most important task given to the church. It's not witnessing. It's not evangelism. All of that is a part of worship. Worship is the single most important task given to the church. And worship gatherings, the most important act Christians do each week. And so I've seen non-believing and atheist friends during this time claim that this time is proving that the church does, is, is not necessary. And truthfully, I see their perspective when many believers are willingly choosing to uh, forsake being together in worship. I, I kind of see their point. But what is not realized in those statements is the capacity for good employed by technology. (laughs) Uh, Throughout history, the church really has not had technology like we have today. Many churches are being creative and utilizing other resources to worship. It's, It's virtually impossible to gain the same experience in a digital worship gathering. No pun intended for me to say it's virtually impossible. Um... But it is. It really is difficult to gain that same experience in digital worship. But it is an option right now and one that could help society and Christians. And so perhaps it's better than nothing, perhaps not. Uh, It is an exercise of common sense and grace, and yet one that also shows a hopeless world that God is still the most important aspect of the Christian life and the only hope. For a, Christ, uh, for a hopeless world. And so um, I would say use this time. Don't waste it. And so above all, display the peace of Christ. This is not a time to despair, but to hope. And I've personally observed Christians in hysteria during this time when truly the church should be the calmest people in the world. Christians literally have nothing about which to worry. So let us be a people who reveal the peace of Christ rather than the lies of the enemy. Err on the side of caution. Most of all, however, err on the side of gospel hope, which lies only in the saving grace of Jesus Christ. This is not a time to worry. This is a time to trust the God who is still in control in a world that thinks it has lost control when it truly never had it. What seems to be illogical to the world then is actually the most logical action to employ. Trust God without fear, but fear Him only. Thank you for listening today to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Did it, did it.